All right. The deal is finally official. We expect this offseason, and here we are. Shohei Otani is a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So I think we all expected this outcome. Otani and the Dodgers, the DH of the future, their ace of the future. I don't think most people saw $700 million, let alone $600 million. But here we are, Otani is signed. Welcome to this emergency edition of Side Retired. It's Dylan Campione and Nico Fernandez. And we will, of course, have a regular weekend recap that'll come out Monday morning that'll probably get into more details and more sane reactions to what just transpired. But Welcome to this instant reaction, where we're going to give you our gut reaction, gut emotion to the largest contract in pro sports history. Shohei Otani just signed for more than half a billion dollars. The previous record in MLB, at least, was Mookie Betts or Mike Trout at 430. Otani said, I'll hold my beer. I will double that. And he got $700 million. Hello, Nico. Hey, I mean, that's kind of. It's weird because it's like a mix of surprise I have right now, but also like, of course, it was the Dodgers. Like the thing that surprises everyone is going to be the number 700 million, which is what surprised me. But at the end of the day, I think that this whole thing, the fact that we didn't know anything to me, it's always been like it's the Dodgers. And then every so often, every couple of weeks, a new team right before he signed, it was the Blue Jays a little bit before that it was the Cubs. Giants have been thrown around a little bit, but at the end of the day, like it was always the Dodgers. It was always the West coast. And he, he wanted to leave the angels. It's that simple. And again, $700 million. Big question now is what does this do for everyone else? Obviously no one else is going to get anything in the realm of 700, but what does this do for the rest of, of every single free agent that comes in the next couple of years is 500 more of a possibility because at the end of the day, that's, $200 million less than what Otani just got. So I, I just don't know. Free agency may have just changed after this contract. I think the interesting thing will be, and we will obviously discuss this with Henry and James when they're with us on Sunday night, Soto's not signing an extension because now he's going to go to free agency and see what he could get, which could easily be $500 million at this point, as you just pointed out. I think the immediate impact future is that it is now officially Mets versus Yankees for Yoshinobu Yamamoto's services. But Let's just focus on Otani. I know you're going to say Red Sox. I don't think so. I think the Mets and the Yankees are desperate to spend money. It appears the Mets at least checked in on Otani, but then once they realized he didn't seem like a fit, both culturally, locker room, as well as just financially, because I know Steve Cohen is supposed to have unlimited money, but according to Mike Puma, the Mets got uncomfortable when they saw the number 700, and rightfully so, but... This just makes the Dodgers even more of a powerhouse, just to focus on that aspect. I know... I think the problem is if we were talking today about Shohei Otani, the Blue Jays, we'd be discussing how the Blue Jays are now the favorite in the AL and their lineup is insane and that everything is going off in Toronto. The problem is, for us at least, the Dodgers are already viewed as the best team in baseball, with maybe the exception being the Braves. And it seemed like everyone saw this coming, if that makes any sense. Yeah, the thing is that, and it's what we always talk about with the Dodgers, the Dodgers don't have ever a problem going into October. I mean, we did this whole thing about talking about their pitching and they were top five in every single pitching category last year going into the playoffs. 
Like it's never a problem with the Dodgers of do they have the roster? They've always had the roster. Adding Otani only gives them more of a roster. And now it's the talks are going to get even louder of how do you not get it done in the playoffs if they don't get it done in the playoffs? Because not only do you have probably the most versatile player in the MLB in Mookie Betts, the best first baseman in the MLB in Freddie Freeman after this year, and the best player in the MLB now, Otani. Like your team, like always, is built to win a World Series. And now it's maybe just going to be kind of the same thing of – you get to October, and for some way or another, you just don't win it. So that's the thing that's most interesting, and I think that's why this isn't really that big of like a story. And it seems like it's kind of it's gonna fall a little bit flatter than people expect. Because again, with the Blue Jays, like you said, we could be talking about are they the best team in the AL? With the Dodgers, nothing's really changed. They've they were the best team because they've always had the best roster, and now they're still the best team, and now they just have the most popular player in the world. Seven hundreds a weird number because when you think about it on the surface compared to what you thought he was going to get, I think the initial reaction from everyone has been wholly overpay. But on a second point, it's also, well, the Dodgers have been saving money. It seems like for the last couple seasons. So this makes sense. And then you remember that baseball is a business and that Shohei Otani comes with branding and sponsorships and Jersey sales and tickets and season tickets and, the most popular player in baseball and video games and every possible imaginable, especially now that he's in Los Angeles. I know he was in Anaheim, but now he's on the star team and you can make things with the big three of Mookie and Freddie and Shohei. They're going to make the $700 million back. Easy. Plus, and we don't know the exact number because of course we're recording this right after the deal. It's being reported that the majority, which I assume means over $350 million is deferred in money now we don't know if that's going to be like 400 million dollars deferred over 40 or 500 million dollars is deferred over 50 but bobby bonilla is now no longer the most overpaid 70 year old in baseball um it's going to be shohei in a couple of years but it's weird i think it's an overpay if it was 70 million dollars a year for the baseball player but you have to remember he's more than a baseball player yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like we were talking about this a little bit before, like I think they're going to make their money back in spades. Like I'm one of those people who looks at it again, like we just said, the business like Otani is the biggest draw in sports. The Angels had no business having people go to their away games. The Angels were basically like a circus act this year, meaning people would go not to see baseball. It would just be to see the attraction of Otani like that's. That's how they were able to make money. And for the Dodgers, it's the same thing, just the Dodgers are the Dodgers. So, again, I wouldn't be surprised if the Dodgers becomes, like, the premium spot instead of, like, Laker games for people to go just because they have Otani and they're going to be good for the next couple of years. Like, more celebs are going to show. Merchandise sales going to go through the roof because, again, everyone's going to want an Otani Dodger jersey. Like, they're going to make their money back in spades. They're going to profit. And again, you get the best player in baseball. Look, at the end of the day, yes, he's going through Tommy John this year. He's going to be back, whether that be in a starting pitcher role, whether that be in a closer, whatever. You're going to have, again, top five pitcher in baseball, top five hitter in baseball, and you're getting down to one player. It's the same way. Like That's how I've always seen this Otani contract. It's like, if you told me I can get Acuna and Garrett Cole, what are their Mm -hmm. contracts worth? And just put them together. Like, obviously, there's question marks about his health and how good he's going to be post-TJ. I, I think this guy's a freak of nature. I think he's going to be just fine because I think there's 
a competitiveness to him that I think a lot of us saw in the WBC that we hadn't seen of Otani. And I think that brought him like a lot of like innate, like intrinsic value because we didn't really see that competitive side of him because he's been on the freaking sorry angels. But now that we see him, like his competitiveness, like I have no fear that this guy's going to probably just because his love of baseball and his love to win, he's going to be in the lab just working to now instead of throwing 100, he's going to probably throw like 103 every single start consistently. Like the Dodgers are going to get the player that they expected for $700 million. I'm not worried about the health concerns, to be honest. He's going to be fine. And again, it's the, yeah. the big question I just keep going back to is, is that it's still the Dodgers. Like the Dodgers, are they going to find a way to screw it up again? Like yeah. every year it's like the Dodgers are the best team. And every year it's like, Oh, the Dodgers lost again. I think Chris Rose here of formerly MLB network now with John boy media sums it up perfectly. Is Shohei Otani, the baseball player worth $700 million? Probably not. But is Shohei the baseball player plus business worth $700 million? Absolutely. And I think in the immediate term, and we can go here. The Dodgers are now the favorites and there's nothing you can do to stop that. And I think the interesting thing, though, is despite being the favorites, they still need a lot of help this offseason. Shohei does not not solve the problem of that. If you look at their rotation right now for next season, because, again, Shohei is not pitching. It's Walker Bueller coming off Tommy John surgery. It's Bobby Miller, who will be throwing the most innings he's ever pitched in a season. It's Emmett Sheehan, a rookie. It's Ryan Pepio, a rookie. Who's their fifth? Gavin Stone? Michael Grove, Landon Knack, Gus Varland. I, I love I mean, Shohei Otani. Yeah. That's not a great rotation, considering also yeah. that Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin are out until at least June. Clayton Kershaw is currently not signed, and when they do sign him, he's out until at least July. They still need Yamamoto. I don't think they're going to be in play for him now because they just spent almost a billion dollars. That rotation's not great. The lineup... You can say whatever you want about the lineup. It's the best line of baseball. Betts, Otani, Freeman, Smith, Muncy, Lux, Hayward, Taylor, and Outman. That's one through nine, stack yeah. top to bottom. Nothing you can say. But the Dodgers' problem has never been their lineup. It's been that Clayton Kershaw chokes in the playoffs, and their rotation and their bullpen has never been great. And once again, we just proved the rotation isn't great, and the bullpen is no longer with Kenley Jansen and has lost Craig Kimbrell, and now it's just Evan Phillips, Ryan Yarbrough, Joe Kelly, Blake Trinan, Bruiser Gratterall, Yancy Almonte, J.P. Fireyes, and Caleb Ferguson. Very righty-heavy. Phillips and Gratterall are really solid relievers. But they're not the shut-down ninth-inning ball game over. So the pitching staff worries me. And Otani, at least in 2024, doesn't help with that. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, they've lost people for one way or another. Obviously, like you mentioned, the guys are hurt. Yeah, Julio Urias also massive again. Like for White, obviously, mm-hmm. like they're hurt. The big thing is how are they going to see this season? Are they going to see it as we need another number two at least, like a Jordan Montgomery type? I don't know if they can afford him anymore. That's the problem. Do they have the money like, to drop another like, hundred million? Because at the end of the day, they can honestly be like, let's just tread. What they can do, what the Red Sox do for the last two years in the first half. A let's tread water with our hitting, but instead of the Red Sox having no pitching, they're like, we have three guys coming in after the all-star break. All we have to do is hit enough till we get to the dog days of summer. 
and get these guys back. Am I saying that that's the right thing they should do? No, I probably still think they need at least one more piece to put behind Walker Buehler because at the end of the day, your biggest your biggest arm right now is coming off of Tommy John. Like your your mm. two biggest bets are Bobby Miller going to be stretched in innings, which we all know that that's a red flag for any pitcher whenever they first get extended. When you yep. first get extended, instantly your like light bulbs flare, and you hope that hopefully that they're able to stay healthy. And then a guy who just came off of Tommy John. So, like, that's a big question. Stuff-wise, yeah, I think they're both great stuff-wise. But it's what they're going to be able to do at the end. I think they need a number two. That way that Bobby Miller doesn't get extended too much. That way he doesn't have the pressure of going deep into innings. Because I honestly think Walker Bueller, after his first month, I think he's going to be Walker Bueller again. And it's, do they decide, let's re-sign Kershaw, let him get his retirement deal, and we just pray and hope that him, Gonsolin, and May come back. Like help. Like it's risky. It's it's risky. But the thing is, like, you have the lineup to do it. I mean, I the only reason I'm saying this, I've seen the Red Sox do it. The Red Sox were five games above 500 and second in in the AL East mm-hmm. in June. In June, like, this is a better staff than what than we're we're talking about. A better staff. I think. You could easily instead go make a trade for someone. You package. We just mentioned three really solid young guys: Nishian, Pepio, Gavin Stone. Cartaya. I feel like uh, Cartaya. Yeah. Go get go get Colton Burns. Go get Dylan Cease. That's my thing. I feel go like Cartaya has to be traded because my whole thing is Cartaya seems like a guy that would maybe be like the perfect guy to ship for some reason. If you have Will Smith, mm-hmm. you have you have your future catcher, the catcher that you have for the next couple of years. I think that. Again, your two routes are we're not going to pay Will Smith and you trade Will Smith, which I don't see happening. No. Or you see this roster and like we need an arm. Let's get especially this year. All you need is a rental. You need one, you need a guy for a year until Otani comes back and until all your guys get healthy. This is the perfect time to use some of your prospects like Diego Cartaya because you have your catcher of the future already behind the backstop. Pair a couple guys and make that push for a cease. The same thing we were talking yep. about with the Yankees. The same thing that we we're saying the Yankees don't need Yamamoto. They can go get someone else when we we're talking about the Juan Soto trade. You need another pitcher unless you want to take a really risky bet. Use some of the guys that have clogs at positions because of your stars and ship them off and get a need like a Corbin Birds, like a Dylan Seas. Like there's a lot of guys that you can get out there that aren't going to kill your farm system because you have so many guys up locked up for a long time. Can we talk about how cool it is that he announced it himself? That's I know it. yesterday the whole John Morosi and him saying that he was in Toronto and then our boy Bob Nightingale shouting out saying that he wasn't actually in Toronto. And then and everyone assumed, all right, we're coming to the closure, whether it's the Dodgers, the Giants, the Blue Jays, the Mets. Decisions coming soon. And then uh, randomly at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, we just get an Instagram post that says, sorry I took so long, I've decided to be a Dodger. Which, again, that encapsulates Otani's personality, it seemed like, so well. And that at the beginning of his announcing that he is the richest baseball player in the history of baseball, it starts with, to all the fans and everyone involved in the baseball world, I apologize for taking so long to come to a decision. Like <laughs> this, I my favorite part is like, again, like you said, it encapsulates Otani because he's mm. just this polite, fun guy. Like at the end of the day, he's saying, "Sorry, it took so long." When he's the first big name to sign, mm-hmm. he's the. We're not talking. This isn't like 
a February right before like end of January signing where it's like this guy sign already. Everything's already done. He's, he's the first star to sign and he's like, my bad. Sorry for taking you so long. I know it took me a month, which really isn't that long, Yeah, but it's just, it was the perfect Otani way. Because again, like when you have a star like this, you get to do it on your own terms. And the thing I liked about this is that, he got to dictate exactly how the process went. It was very obvious that you could see it in the eyes of like David, Dave Roberts. And you could see it like with John Morosi apologizing, like he wanted this to be very tight lipped and everyone understood how tight lipped he wanted it to be. And that respect was given. I think it's the same thing as like when LeBron, like LeBron, he wanted the spectacle. He wanted to have like the show where he announced that he was going back to the heat. It was that just in complete reverse. Otani was able to dictate how he wanted it. And he wanted to do it not as like this huge Mm -hmm. God thing where like he goes and just like takes a private jet into every single city and everything gets televised. No, he wanted it to be quiet because at the end of the day, Otani cares about playing baseball. Otani, he's a star. He's a draw. At the end of the day, if you asked Otani what he wanted to do every single waking minute, he'd say play baseball. He could care less about everything else. And this was the perfect way that a guy like that does his free agency. Yep, definitely an interesting thing that we will obviously discuss further on our Sunday night recap episode that you'll hear in a couple of days. But to round things up, because I think the market will start to move now, because I think there were a lot of teams, whether it's the Blue Jays or the Giants or the Mets or the Yankees, that were partially waiting to see what happens with Otani. I think Bellinger now gets a market. I think Yamamoto starts kickstarting. We could see trades get started real soon, but let's go with, each of us has to give a prediction as to what the first domino is as a result of this deal. Would you like to go first? Or do you want me to stall and give mine before you go? I personally think I can go. I personally think the first guy to fall is Snow. Okay. I don't know. I think that just, I think to be honest, it's kind of a crapshoot because I think it wasn't really markets getting set. I honestly think everything stopped because of Otani. Mm-hmm. Like this week, it was kind of a, nothing's going to get done besides Otani. The whole yeah. week was about Otani. So I think it's not like, oh, Bellinger, maybe the bats get. Or I think it's just everything was stopped, and it's kind of who's going to be the first guy. I think Snell is the first guy. I think Yamamoto is still going to take a little bit. I think he's going to visit. He's going to have meetings. That may take a, like a month or so. I wouldn't be shocked if by New Year's he still hasn't signed. Mm-hmm. I think the first guy to decide, in my opinion, is going to be Snell. I think he's going to. There's going to be a buyer for him. There's going to be someone wanting to sign him, and I think Snell's honestly going to kind of been waiting, and I think he's just going to sign quick. I wouldn't be shocked if next week we already have a guy signing. Do you want to give your team or numbers or something like that? Don't have a team. Don't have a number. But I Snell <laughs> seems like the type of guy that he honestly is probably going to be like, let me just sign. I'm going to go with my team and let me get back to streaming. That's all I really. <laughs> All right, I like that. I'm going to go in a different direction with the domino in that $700 million is a lot of money and there's a lot of teams out there that still want to spend a lot of money. So I say as a result of this, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to set the record for the largest contract for a Major League Baseball pitcher in history. I think right now the record is Garrett Cole at nine years, 324. I think if you get a little Mets-Yankees bidding war, you let a little maybe Dodgers, you get a little Red Sox, you sprinkle in some Giants still looking for their star. I think it's entirely possible that while the bidding might have started at 250, I think 324 over nine years, which Garrett got, is not crazy to think that Yamamoto could reach that value. 
Another guy, another team to look out for. Again, the Giants just missed. Again. Again. Yes. They've been talked about getting Bellinger and Matt Chapman. I wouldn't be shocked if, again, they go and they, they're they the team that kind of gets antsy like the Padres were last year for not signing someone. And they go and just sign Matt Chapman. I wouldn't be surprised at that after. That's the team that interests me the most is the Giants are the ones who are most affected by this because it's like your fourth star that you haven't been able to sign that you've been in on. Kings of interest. they kind of like the Red Sox. They've been in on every single star, it seems like. And, and the problem now, is they're not good. That's the problem with that team is they don't have an identity and they're not good. Exactly. The thing is, and this is what I was saying about Gabe Kapler. I don't think Gabe Kapler should have been fired for the simple reason of they're not good. Just like we said, like they're not a good team. They have some young pieces that can become something. Patrick Bailey, Marco Luciano, Logan Williams, obviously a stud. They don't have much. Like no. it's not like, like it's not like the teams, the teams that were they're stacking up against the Cubs probably have a better roster than them, or at least last year, I think they did. Dodgers, obviously better roster. Blue Jays, better roster. They weren't really in on this, in my opinion. I think that, though, again, it's the fourth big star they've been interested in. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, screw this, we're getting a guy. Matt Chapman, let's go. Is Matt Chapman a guy? Matt Chapman goes in into this free agency, like a free agency. In, in this free agency, I mean, we've talked about the whole free agency that he's, a, I wouldn't be shocked if they overspend on him. That team's in trouble. Maybe we have a couple Giants guys that we know. Maybe we get one of them on over winter break to hear their thoughts on what's happening, especially if the Giants do end up making a call. But definitely going to be interesting. And we'll be back later in the week. We've got some cool interviews lined up as well for next week. So make sure to check that out as well as if you go to dugoutmugs.com, you can get all your latest dugout mugs apparel. Use the promo code SRP30. That is 30% off all your orders. Dodgers fans... If you want to get some Dodgers mugs, you want to get some Dodgers apparel, you got shot glasses, you got beer mugs, you got anything in between, promo code SRP30, 30%, not 20, Amazing. not 10, 30% off your order. You're welcome. Yeah. George Fernandez, Matt Fernandez, Brandon Bertot, all you guys get ready because I'm using that code. <laughs> You're all getting dug on mugs. It's Christmas time. It's basically we're past Black Friday, so nothing else has deals now. And you're rushing for a gift. It's perfect. We're giving you a Black Friday deal of 30% off, basically, in Christmas time. Use the code SRP30. Get your 30% off. And in the rush, get your Christmas gift easy. I love it. And the last thing I will wrap up with a shout out to a tweet that I just saw from someone named Mojo Hill. Which one of these four ends up being the biggest what if of the next decade? Shohei Otani is a Blue Jay. Arson Judge is a giant. Trevor Bauer is a Met. Carlos Correa is a giant. Or Carlos Correa is a Met. There's a lot of history that gets changed by that. In my personal opinion, I think that the whole world would have gotten turned upside down if Otani became a Blue Jay. Because the implications of Vladdy and Bichette, I think no one's really talked about. Because it was just like, oh, Otani's going to go to the Blue Jays. Before, with Otani not even being in the Blue Jays, there's been talks for the last two years of what's going to happen with Bichette and Vladdy. Now you add in Otani in that mix and could have seen what happened with that lineup. And if it didn't work, what was going to happen with them too, I think would have been crazy. I like that. I'm going to go with because I think it affects multiple of these. I think Bauer's a Met. 
Because if Bauer signs with the Mets, the Mets don't sign Max Scherzer, which means Scherzer doesn't get traded to Texas, which means Texas might not win the World Series last year, which means the Mets probably extend and keep Jacob DeGrom, which means that the Mets are building up a super team. And if you have DeGrom and Bauer, who were dominating at the beginning of 2021, maybe the incident also might not have happened. Um, but that's changing a lot of history that we're not going to delve into right now. But maybe that then leads Wouldn't to Steve been, Cohen. He wouldn't have been, but <laughs> yikes. Um, one, but then maybe all of a sudden the Mets are a lot closer to a championship with that duo at the top of the rotation. And maybe they say, screw it, let's go sign Carlos Correa and let's not be a result of the faulty medical. So I think that one, since that one's chronologically first, we've already started to see the domino effect of it. I'll go there. But I also, if Aaron Judge wasn't a Yankee right now, I think that's a yeah. weird reality. I mean, Soto's not a well. Yankee. Uh, I'd argue they might have pressed even harder to get Soto because they needed to forget that Aaron Judge existed. Maybe. Yeah, but interesting world to live in. Maybe we need to launch a What Would Have Happened series on the Starter Tired YouTubes and TikToks. New idea. Finley, get on it. But we'll be back in a couple days. Dylan, Nico, until the next time, the side is retired.